Welcome to episode 173 of Podcateers. This week we are live from Tangaroa Terrace. Javier had some family matters to attend to and couldn't make it to record this week, but I am extremely thankful because I had two very good friends step in to help with the co-hosting duties. Our buddy Gavin was in town with his wife Charlie and took some time out of his day to hang out and help co-host. Uh, also, another really good friend of ours, Melissa, stepped in to help. Uh, I met Mel back when I was helping run one of our local art walks, and she and our friend Jill were two of only a handful of people that knew that I had this itch to create a podcast. Uh, she's a former cast member, and I've learned a lot from her over the last several years, and I'm just really happy to have her on as a co-host Uh, Make sure to follow them both and show them some love on Instagram and Twitter uh, and on Etsy. Gavin is Gavin Autisan Art. Melissa is The Odd Mouse Shop. That's Shoppy, uh, S-H-O-P-P-E, on Instagram and on Etsy. But on Twitter, she's just Odd Mouse Shop without the the at the beginning. Uh, I'll include all of their info, links and stuff in the blog post for the episode. You'll find that info over at podcateers.com slash 173. Also, our next Teamboat Willie event is rapidly approaching. If you would like to help, you can go to podcateers.com and click on the Teamboat Willie page at the top of the page. Uh, or you can go to teamboatwilly.com. It'll take you to the same place. Uh, you can help by joining the team and helping us fundraise. You can donate to the team. You can donate to my page. Uh, you can become a virtual walker by joining the team and help us fundraise, but you don't actually have to go to the event. Or you can share our fundraiser link. Unfortunately, I know a lot of people that have suffered and lost someone to cancer, and I'm proud to be doing something that I hope helps honor them, but also helps find a cure and bring some positivity to someone's life. Uh, Whichever way you guys help, I just want to say thank you guys for all of the support you guys give us and Teamboat Willie. Uh, Talking about support, a big thank you goes out to all of our fairy godparents for their support in making this episode possible. If you would like to become a fairy godparent of our podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month or even a one-time contribution by going to podcateers.com and clicking on the Patreon logo, or you can just go to patreon.com slash podcateers. Plus, if you sign up for a contribution of at least $5 per month, you'll get an exclusive fairy godparent button as a thank you from us. Once again, remember to head over to the blog post for the episode over at podcateers.com slash 173. There you're going to find all of Melissa and Gavin's social links, including some images and videos about things that we talk about in this episode. Uh, You're not going to want to miss some of those things. I think you'll like them. So that's it. Here we go. This is episode 173 of Podcateers. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. So when I was preparing to come over here, I made sure that I had my battery pack and I had all these cables because the recorder either uses four AA batteries or you can plug it into USB, Mm -hmm. which is what I normally do. And I have my my external battery pack, right? The one that I use for my phone. And uh, I either dropped the cable on my way here, I left it in the car, or I just foolishly forgot it, which I wouldn't put it past me. (laughs) And if that was the case, 
uh, when I showed up, the rechargeable batteries that were in there were in the last third, and it would not have lasted the oh. recording time. So I frantically decide, okay, I need to go look for batteries. Right. And so I ran inside. They're like, oh, well, we don't know, but you could try the gift shop. So I ran to the gift shop. First one at the corner right across from Goofy's Kitchen. Mm -hmm. They tell me, no, we don't have batteries. And my heart sank. Oh. They said, but the shop next door does. Oh, it's nice. Like, yes. <laughs> Score. <laughs> so I, I ran awesome. over and I bought the batteries. And now I'm happy because we can record. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So Good to go. All right, so I guess formal introductions are in order. Uh, in case you guys uh, have not noticed, you may have heard some doors creaking and some music in the background. That's because I am sitting at Tangaroa Terrace with uh, one of our guest co-hosts. You've heard him on the podcast before, our good friend Gavin Ottison. How are you today, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And a first-time podcast co-host. This this is actually really special for me because uh, I've known her for a long time. Yes, I said her. This is a request that I've received many times. I keep hearing, you need the female perspective on the podcast. So, we've had AJ on, you know, yeah, part of yeah. Disney for two, uh, with VJ, but... I don't think we've ever, like, they've been guests, right? We've never had an official female co-host. Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, I guess a little background. You guys know Gavin, you know, he's been a fan. We became friends through the podcast. But, Melissa, I, I could tell the story, but why don't you tell the story of how we met and how we know each other? All right. Um, it was two, three years ago. I want to say it's more like four and a half, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not the time coffee. has flown. It's been so yeah. great. Um, we met at Art Walk, and you were one of the people running it. I was just a vendor, and we, you know, kept coming every month, um, and we just started a friendship, and that was it. And we would just there's times we wouldn't sell, and we would still have a good time. We didn't care. Yeah, it was fun. And it was also our friend yeah. Jill. You know? yes. Okay. Yes. So Melissa on Instagram, you guys may follow her on Instagram and Twitter. She's Cartoon Disney Doll, but she's also the proprietor of the Odd Mouse Shop. So she has a lot of amazing crafts that she puts together. Uh, I'll put the links down in the description for this in the blog post for the episode. So make sure that you guys go check it out. Follow her. I'll put Gavin's links in there as well. And yeah, I mean, it was awesome. You know, like you said, sometimes there were months that we didn't sell anything. But yeah. it was just fun, just shooting the breeze. You know, Javier was there, obviously. We and, played mm -hmm. Disney music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one, I remember there was this one time where uh, we kept shutting off the lights and we kept turning on the lights that we had because we were playing the Paint the Night music oh, in the background. Yes. And it was annoying everybody so much <laughs> because we were blasting the music. It was like during the holidays, right? We kept blasting like different... This was the... Actually, this was the last time we were going to be vendors. Yeah, and it was. And we closed it out. That's true. And we just had a goodbye party and mm -hmm. we just played it and had fun. It was pretty nice. amazing. Yeah. This was the art walk in Covina? In yes. Covina. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was a great time because at the... This was kind of during a time in my life where I didn't know how to pacify my creative need. Mm -hmm. And Melissa was one of the people around when I first started throwing around the idea of starting a podcast. That's nice. how I know it's been longer because I talked about it for a year and a half before right. we launched. That's and we've right. been around just over three years. 
So for about a year and a half, I kept throwing around the idea of starting this podcast, and she and Jill were two of the people, aside from Lynette and my brother, Javier, uh, a couple of other people who uh, are also fairy godparents. Melissa's one of our fairy godparents. You know, they, they knew mm-hmm. that I was planning this and that I needed something because, you know, I've told the story how I felt like I was dying inside creatively. And so here we are, you know, three years later, and I'm so happy. Oh, four years later, sorry. (laughs) Uh, And I'm so happy to have you on because, you know, you were kind of there when it all was just an idea, and now, you know, we're here. So thank you for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right. So, uh... There's, there's so many things that we were talking about before we started recording. I don't even know where to start. Gavin, you, uh, you're here with your wife. Yep. Right? Are you guys here celebrating anything? Uh, October and Just Halloween. Like, yeah! yeah. Uh, October! In particular, I'm kind of celebrating. It's the first time ever I've convinced my wife to come with me to Disneyland. Yeah! She's Round never applause. been. Yeah. Round of applause. She's so, never been. I guess we'll just say, you know, shout out to Charlie, who yeah. is walking around right now. She decided to take a break from us because, quite frankly, I would too. But She needs to walk off those five <laughs> courses we just had. Oh, my Lord. That's what I wanted Ooh. to ask you about. So you guys were at the Napa Rose. We were. You did the five-course meal. Yep. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, it was pretty phenomenal, I gotta tell you. It was, we were lucky enough to be invited to a birthday party, and it was, we were in the private dining room there, and there was about 40 people. Oh, okay. And uh, it was the full five course spread, so we had like three starter courses, an entree, and then a dessert, and it was basically cocktails, wine, like whatever. So it was, it was awesome. It was really, really good. The food there uh, is exactly what I expected, just top-notch. Everything was just very perfectly balanced, amazing flavors, beautiful textures, like, just beautiful. It was it was nice. What was it that you guys had? Like, what were the appetizers? Uh, let's see if I can remember. The first appetizer was a scallop and lobster sauce. It was one of those melt-in-your-mouth kind of experiences, which was <laughs> fantastic. The second one was, oh gosh, what was it? I don't remember what the second one was. The third one was a pheasant and dumpling stew that came in a little Ooh. copper pot, like okay. an individual copper pot for everybody, which was really cool. Uh, and then the entrees you could pick between a striped bass or a filet mignon and I don't remember what came with the bass but with the filet mignon came braised beef cheeks and like a fennel puree and it was unbelievable I'm salivating and just then, thinking about yeah, it right and now and then dessert which was my favorite part and I'm not even a dessert guy I almost want to call the episode beef cheeks yeah beef cheeks <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm choking on they, my spit. They were delicious cheeks. Uh, and then the, the dessert was like a chocolate mousse hazelnut oh my thing. Gosh. And they had like this sponge sugar like icicle with like a hazelnut suspended in the middle of it. It was like food what? and science combined. And magic. And magic. It was, oh my gosh, it was so delicious. Wow. It was it was an it was an amazing experience because it also included the quintessentially amazing Disney service that you could expect. I mean it was 
the people there were so gracious and so accommodating and they were ready just at the drop of a hat to pick up your napkin to bring you more coffee to make sure your whatever request was met that second it was hugely impressive so i have to ask though because i'm sure that people listening right now are thinking this when did the dishes start singing Somebody actually said at one point during the dinner, they said, this is the Be Our Guest scene. Like, somebody said that during dinner, and it was. It felt like that. It was magical. If the dishes had sung, I would not have been surprised. That is It was amazing. So you said that you were there with 40 people, and Uh, that the service was still amazing. I don't know what the cost was, and you don't have to tell us what that is. Um, would Would you say that... Obviously, it's going to be pricey, but yeah. would you recommend it for people with the five courses and just the service and everything? For a special occasion, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. I mean, if you have an anniversary or you know some sort of milestone that you want to celebrate, I can't think of a better place. It was amazing. Up until this point, I've always been most impressed with the Carthay Circle. I really love that restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I always thought of that as kind of the most special place that I'd been here at the resort but I think Napa Rose beats that it's unbelievable I will say it does take a long time so you do as you know we were there for four hours four hours but that was also 40 people though yeah and we we did lollygag the first like almost hour was us because we also had access to a private patio underneath the monorail and so it was like the that first hour was like cocktails. It was kind of awesome. Okay. Actually, because it came up at like this sweeping angle and it was all like through the trees and it was actually pretty impressive. Okay. But yeah, it, it did take a long time. I think if you didn't have a party like that, it would still probably take about three hours. I it's will, a long time. I will say this. Your experience is very similar to the one I had at the Blue... Um, excuse me. Club 33. Oh, I don't even know how cool. I said that. Um because you mentioned that it took a few hours, uh-huh. and that's how ours was too. Like we were nice. just there for hours, and hashtag humble break. Yeah, see, that's the bucket list item. <laughs> I still have. I have, I have an open checkbox there still. <laughs> I was no. I, I will say I was very, very, very fortunate. That's awesome. Um, I will never be, you know, ungrateful about that. Yeah. But what you're describing me to me is exactly what I experienced, and that's awesome because yeah. you know. I wouldn't have expected that from Napa Rose. Napa Rose is beautiful, but yeah. I'm just so excited to hear your story. Yeah. Like, it's just like, that is so sweet. It's, That's so cool. I, I will I'll tell you this. At the end of the dinner, uh-huh. the entire party gave the, the concierge who was like running our whole thing uh-huh. a standing ovation. We That's literally amazing. all stood up and applauded awesome. him. It was that good. You know what would have been better? A really nice tip. <laughs> I'm sure he got one. I'm sure he got one. I mean, no doubt about that. Standing ovations are cool, yeah, but a yeah. tip is but better. But it makes sense. You know, you brought up Club 33. The same executive chef runs both restaurants. Uh-huh. Right. So it makes sense that that same level of magical service exists at both. And it's really cool that you kind of have access to that one, that you don't have to have that exclusive, you know, yes. secret knock That's what I was trying to explain, to. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, and exactly. it, it's wonderful that that exists. So, yeah, for a special occasion. Now, this was a party that we were lucky enough to be invited for. It was a paid-for event. So I don't know what the price level is, but I know it's one of the higher-tier price points. So, mm-hmm. But that being said, I think it's totally worth it. For a special occasion, absolutely, yeah. very cool. so good. 
Well, uh, now you left me hungry for more. <laughs> know, um, right? What's it called sweet cheeks or what? <laughs> <laughs> beef cheeks? <laughs> beef cheeks. <laughs> beef cheeks. <laughs> oh, okay, so you know, look, while you were out there having sweet cheeks, I was having ahi poke. Okay. From nice. the the lovely people here at Tangaroa Terrace. Amazing. And I will tell you that I only paid ten dollars with my AP discount. Excellent. So, one. It was delicious yes. and nutritious, <laughs> and two, I would actually buy it again. Nice. Yeah, it was That's good. very good. That's uh, very good. I was not expecting it to be as good as it was, but it was really delicious. So I'm very happy that I tried it. I wouldn't have gotten it except that I saw somebody order it, and they were taking it out of the kitchen. They were getting ready to take it out uh-huh. to the table, and I saw it. And the first thing I thought was, I need that in my life. <laughs> and so I bought it. Excellent. <laughs> that is the story of the ahi poke. It sounds delicious. <laughs> That's amazing. I've never eaten here. Really? Do they have like a lot of like a full menu here at the uh, Tangaroa? Like, like twelve or fifteen items. They do, bad. but I would say Sam's has yeah. more of a variety. Yeah. Um, I was telling Hazen about the poo poo platter that they have, mm-hmm. and it's roughly. I want to say it's at least 20, but you get a few appetizers all in one, mm-hmm. and they're really good. Um, nice. They also have um, fish tacos, green beans, if you wanted that by itself. They, they have quite a few, but their burgers here at Tango is very good. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's all. I still have never had the Trader Sam's experience either, because every time I come, like the wait time is prohibitive. It's so long. And the later it gets in the day, the longer the wait time. Yeah. Like yeah. right now. If I'm going to come have a cocktail at 11 a.m., sure, I can get in. Right. That's I mean, the way to do it. I'd now. like to have a cocktail at 11 I mean, a.m. Like, I'm not if you're I here don't. at 11 a.m. <laughs> getting a cocktail, guess what? It's already past noon on the East Coast. Yeah. So you are golden. okay, my friend. Golden. You are okay. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So uh, let's talk some Disney stuff, shall we? Let's. Considering we're at Tangaroa Terrace, we're talking about some tiki stuff. There is a rumor floating around that, and I I can't vouch for this, I don't know what the validity is, that's why it's a rumor, Mm -hmm. right? But there is a rumor that the Tiki Room may get a Moana overlay. What are your thoughts on a Moana overlay, Melissa? Uh, Why you put me on the spot? (laughs) Um, I'm in the middle, and the reason why I'm in the middle is because I love Moana. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I could see why they would why they would bring a change, because of course, Maui. But, it's Tiki Room. Right. And it's true to when it first opened. I mean, besides, you know, they don't have the, the seating for the food. I mean, you could sit there. Right. But, what we have here at Disneyland is probably golden treasure because um, Walt Disney World you can't even eat in there and that's a, that's sad I'm sorry for you folks in Florida um, <laughs> you can't bring your dull whips I in. was so sad when I found out but <laughs> here we have that I want to say I'm leaning towards just keeping it the original if they do change it or if they do add a little bit of Moana I'm not going to say I'm not against it I I'm okay uh, you wouldn't recommend it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. before we hear your thoughts on it, Gavin, uh-huh. 
Uh, I don't know if you agree or disagree with what Melissa's saying, but <laughs> let me just throw this monkey wrench in, okay? Okay. I have one word for you. All right. Iago. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. So they they failed when they brought Mr. Iago into the. They only did that at Disney World, right? Yeah. Did they do it here? They only did it there, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, that to me was a horrible idea from the get-go. This idea, I can't really get my mind around what it would actually be. The only thing I can think of is they would just have the birds and the flowers sing songs from Moana. Because there are no bird characters besides Hey Hey. You don't right. want... I mean, what's Hey Hey going to do in that show? Not <laughs> knock himself up against I mean, a tiki post. Who is not going to do anything? I mean, and they're not going to build an animatronic Maui. They're just not. I can't... Aren't I, they, though? Not, no, they're not. I mean... Unless they're going to completely overhaul and redesign this attraction. If it's just an overlay, if it's just a temporary thing, the only thing I can imagine is that they're just going to instill the music in it, right? Right. Like, I, I really yeah. can't picture them changing everything about this to look like Moana and to bring in there's not even a lot of characters in Moana. There's very right. few characters in Moana so it would have to be I mean I don't even know what it would be, right? right. It, it, I can't picture this at all I can only hear Moana music maybe, but the the thing about the Enchanted Tiki Room is everything about it is of a certain time mm-hmm. it has that shtick of this is what we think of tropical things in the 1960s. And, yes. you know, it's all that tropical music was, you know, it's written very by Hollywood mm-hmm. people doing what they thought were tropical sounds. And it, it all has a nostalgic feel to it. And it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of kitschy. It's kind of creepy, according to some people who recently saw it for the first time. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it all kind of makes sense. And for those of us that know and love it, it just kind of works in its own zany way. Yeah. But bringing in something new and beautiful and slick like Moana, uh, that's just, you're trying to bridge too big of a gap there, I think. Sorry, I was going to say, since you just brought up Hey Hey, I would not be mad (laughs) if he was like banging the drum, just pecking at it. Oh, yeah. I would be fine with that. Okay, that's a thought. See? See, we're blue skying (laughs) it now. Now we got some ideas coming in, maybe. So I have to agree with you on this one that I don't see them changing much more than adding it because <clears throat> the, insti- the entire story in Moana about them traveling has nothing to do with hanging out in the Tiki Room. Like right. The whole idea of the Tiki Room is just kick it here and have a good time. Like, right. You're not traveling anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think that if it was a temporary overlay just like Haunted Mansion Holiday, uh, it would be great. Like maybe if they did it in the summer... That would be a good way to get a little more foot traffic in there. It, it is a little congested because the area is so small as it is, and that's not going to make it any better. The fact that it is the entrance of Adventureland, I think, yeah. would just make the foot traffic worse. Right. I'm not against them doing an overlay and having some songs for Moana because I like Moana. I like yeah. the music. But again, like you said, there's not much they can do with it. You know, unless... Yeah. Unless they decided to redo the entire Tahitian Terrace again, or you know, yeah. outside, that could be cool, and have something out there that mixes in with it because Moana's right behind it. Yeah, the meet and greet is there, uh, but I, I'm kind of with you on this one. Yeah. I don't see them doing a lot more uh, other than just adding mm-hmm. a few songs. Yeah, it'd be really difficult. Um, just like how you mentioned, the storyline is not. She's practically on the ocean the whole time. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the one thing I thought of as we're just kind of almost brainstorming Moana ideas here. Are you guys listening at Imagineering? <laughs> exactly. Listen up here. Here's your idea. Eight, two for two, so right? I'm thinking of Jedi Academy. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking of Moana scenes. And I'm thinking of like the scene where she's teaching the little kids how to hula. Imagine if they just did like a, a show like that where it's like, get all the kids up front and we're going to teach you a couple of island dances. And then the finale is Moana comes out and she teaches you to hula. Right. Imagine all the kids out there just trying to do their little hula and you put little grass skirts on them. Adorable, right? Yeah. Like that could be something fun. But I don't see... I don't see this as a as a viable makeover for me. I could see your idea at the Oasis. Yeah, exactly. I could totally that would be great. see that. It'd be fantastic. They don't have any any big spots in Adventureland that they could really pull it off. It'd be yeah. kind of difficult, but that would be one if they wanted to do that. You know, the thing is that obviously Disney is trying to capitalize on the fact that Moana's so popular. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the latest uh, princess, but. Honestly, I think Lilo and Stitch would fit so much better. Yes. You know, there's so much more in Lilo and Stitch that would allow them to create a better story, like Stitch infiltrating the Tiki Room, Lilo kind of trying to look for Stitch, you know, interrupting the music. There's the hula dancing that just seems to fit the theme a little bit better. But I could totally see why they're doing Moana. You know, it is yeah. the, the latest it's film. It's the latest and greatest. <clears throat> what so I don't I get, get the thing that I don't get is why certain movies that were even more successful get leapfrogged like Zootopia which I mean it was such a titanic success in the box office but there's like nothing Zootopia like nothing I mean, Judy and Nick are a California adventure. You can I've do the meet and greet. I've never laid my eyes on them. I've never seen them. They come out very infrequently. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And I, I don't get that. I don't get why they don't have any sort of... Why I, get, I guess it's probably because one's a musical and one's not. And I feel like the musicals lend themselves toward attractions and shows more than the non-musicals. That's the only thing I can think of. Well, I, I thought about that, but I have a, a different argument. Um, and this is more... I guess the discussion point, but I think it has more to do with the political stance of Zootopia than anything else. Maybe, but it's a political stance they themselves made. Right, but why would they want to open up discussion when it can create arguments and chaos? Right, I think that by not creating that conversation, like, that's the thing, right? Whenever you open up a discussion having to do with something that's sensitive to people... It, it can go one of two ways. It opens up a, a dialogue and you can have a, a discussion with people where you, you educate yourself and you learn about those cultures and everything. Or you get people that just straight out get angry and then there's fights and arguments. And that's what I think they don't want to create. Hmm. That I, mean, I could yeah. be totally wrong, right? But that, that was be. the thing about Zootopia to me. Yeah. So maybe that's why they don't do it. I mean, who knows? There ain't no talent. It could just be something as simple as the fan inside doesn't work. That's true. And the guy inside of Nick just gets really hot. Just gets too hot. I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? I'll I'll leave it up for discussion. How about you guys tell us what you guys think Mm -hmm. as far as why Nick and Judy don't appear at California Adventure more frequently? Do you agree with Gavin and think that it's more of... That, you know, it's not a musical versus just a regular film with gazelle? Or oh do you think it's more of a political thing and that because of the message that Zootopia brought to us, 
that it's it's something that Disney doesn't want to open Pandora's box with. So leave us a comment down in the blog, the Facebook, or the Instagram post. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say about it. Totally. Guardians. I wanted to ask you about this, Melissa, because we were talking earlier and you <laughs> wanted to rebut what Javier had said. Oh, yes. Of, um, uh, about writing Guardians. So. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going to open up with this. You know how much of a mansion fan I am. Oh yeah. And I usually I usually see mansion the first week that it opens, that it comes back. Mm-hmm. I haven't even been on mansion. I've been on Guardians more. Wow. And that says a lot. A lot of what Javier had spoken about, he didn't give enough credit to Disney. Um I was telling you earlier that if you look at the cast members costume, you will never ever see blood or any type of grittiness of, of anything like that on their costume. And you see that. In the queue, they weren't just able to change lights or add music. They actually were able to make a video, get it filmed at the attraction. And the reason I say that they took time for it is because when you're in the in the library. No. Oh, the collector's office? Yes, thank you. Um, I haven't heard this from a lot of people, but in the video of when Rocket is talking, Stan Lee makes a cameo. Yeah. Nice. To me, that was huge. Yeah. Because he didn't have to do that. So for me, that was like, okay, they really took that step. Mm -hmm. Um, Theming is amazing. Sound is amazing. The ride is amazing. Um, No, Javier, you do not drop just two times. It's at least three. (laughs) I've counted. You get a good sense of airtime where you're lifted or you're dropping. And mm-hmm. it's so good. Like, they get you really good when you're taking your picture. Because nice. you know how you take your picture, you're like, okay, picture, flash. No. It's like, picture, they drop, and that's when they take your picture. Ooh. It's like, I have to hold my smile because I know what's going to happen. <laughs> um the story behind everything that they've done and the way that they presented Guardians, how the monsters are coming out, even Rocket. I thought it was amazing. It's not like, okay, Haunted, you know, Haunted Mansion Holiday. I love it, but they didn't just go and just put up props and put the same thing. Right. Sorry, I didn't mean to kill the magic, but um, <laughs> they did their homework, they did everything. For Guardians, and I, I feel like it needs a little bit more recognition. The Imagineers behind it, mm-hmm. it's amazing. But that's the thing, though, right? Because remember when the the day that Guardians opened, mm-hmm. we I came for the for the opening of it, and I had the opportunity to talk to Brian Crosby, who's the creative director at Marvel. And when I talked to him for the vlog, he said, "Look, we basically changed the entire thing, and we talked about that. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't just." hang up a couple new pictures and a couple new props they literally gutted this building Mm -hmm. and then just replaced everything where if you had never been in tower of terror you would have never known that tower of terror existed you know that's how good of a job they did retheming this whole thing the other thing is that there you could see the passion behind creating it because this wasn't just, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory way, but it wasn't just Disney Imagineering doing this. Mm-hmm. Because Marvel is under Disney's umbrella, mm-hmm. you have the comic book geeks 
really applying their knowledge and yeah. really putting forth the extra effort to allow you to step into that world. And I'm not a comic book person. That right there, I mean, it was just major appreciation. Maybe I'll start reading on that. I don't know. <laughs> but it's from that point, I mean, it's just kudos. So I know that with Star Wars Land, they're making that... Galaxy's Edge. Yes. Yeah, which... <laughs> yeah, but everybody's going to call it Star Wars Land. Galaxy's Edge. Star Wars Land. Uh, Hashtag Galaxy's Edge. Is going to be canon, which is why they have to give it a title like right. Galaxy's Edge. Is Mission Breakout... Marvel canon? Like, yes. Is it part of the actual story? Yes, and the way that they made it Marvel canon was, Brian Crosby was actually a part of this project. When Mission Breakout opened, they released a Mission Breakout comic book. Oh, So that was, nice. a, and it's still available at Off the Page at California Adventure. Oh, cool. So if you go in, you can actually still get a copy of this comic. That's what made it Marvel canon. Okay. So the entire story, everything that's happening with the collector, all part of the story. Got it. So, yes. Sweet. Well, I still have not written it, mm -hmm. and that is our number one objective first thing tomorrow morning. Good. So I am excited. You're going to get to write it both times then, both ways. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm very excited. Definitely take advantage of the max pass. We will. Because once you get your ears, you know, your cart, your um, pass scanned, you could automatically do it everything on your phone. Yeah. And you're set. Yeah. We're doing that first thing. Perfect. And we're going to nail that down. That's... That's the ride we're making a beeline for. Yeah, so. that's the way it should be. Yeah. Get in line. Mm -hmm. uh, get, go get a fast pass or do the max pass thing. Yeah. Go stand in line. Then wait for your max pass. Then ride it again. Right. And then get one for later in the day so you could do Monsters After Dark. Yes. Yeah. Because I believe it's after five. It's after five o'clock. Yes. Oh really? Yeah. Then I'll wait till the sun actually goes down. Nah, I assume they it shut was... it down for about an hour. So oh, it's from five do? to yeah. If yes. people are standing I all in line, they have to do is turn off the lights. No, no. It's that like, different. It is. I mean, they have different uh, yes. lighting effects. They have different videos. They have to do a ride reset because all the effects inside that you see during the actual uh, Guardian Mission Breakout, mm -hmm. there's. With Mission Breakout, there's six possibilities. Mm -hmm. So you can end up with one of six songs, you get a different experience for each one. But for Monsters After Dark, they do a full ride reset and they change the videos, they change the lighting, and the entire theming just looks like the place got trashed. Yes. Uh, and then you'll you'll see what I was talking about. Uh, and that... It, I, I, can't, I can't even... I could probably write it so many, like, so yeah. many more times. So there it is. Hashtag I can't even. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So there it is. I'm excited. Ah. All right. So since we're talking about Guardians, uh, I have a couple more things that I wanted to bring up that were in the news this last week. But one, if you guys have been listening for some time, you guys know that I have uh, I I love computer animation, and I actually studied 3D uh, animation, motion mm -hmm. graphics, and I wanted to actually work for Pixar. That was one of my my dreams. So I really appreciate when effects houses do a breakdown of how they build certain effects and what they do to build it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I saw Framestore was the animation house that created the effects for Guardians of the Galaxy. And they did this like side-by-side -side comparison with these comparison shots of what Rocket looked like without all of his fur. Like He had muscle structure, he had bone structure. They did the green wow. screening of all the characters in the opening scene of Guardians, or the second one, Volume 2. 
and I'm about to show you guys a photo of what Rocket looks like uh, without his fur, and I will put this in the blog post for the episode. <laughs> so if you guys are wondering, podcasters.com slash 173 if you guys want to check this out. This is the thing of nightmares, man. <laughs> it is, uh, I mean, if Do we you have saw skin? This, is it like raw uh, dude, flesh? It's what basically are raw muscles. <laughs> raw raccoon. So pretty much. You guys ready for this? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Oh my word. <laughs> that looks yeah. cool. Right? It's unbelievable. I know. He has a full <laughs> muscle structure. You know what I remember? You know what was my first thought? He naked? <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize that. I thought that was like a jacket. My bad. I was going to say thriller. Yeah, because I see the red jacket. <laughs> That's what I was like. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I that's can imagine amazing. them animating Rocket <laughs> with Thriller. Oh, that's hilarious. So, yeah. Uh, stuff like this, man. I love when they do these breakdowns, which is why I love watching the special features on Blu-rays and stuff like that. that so cool. Uh, but, yeah, the video that they put out was just amazing. You could see how much work went into it, in- including scenes that you would have never thought were CG. Yeah. You know, so I will go ahead and I will put a link... Or, or the video in the blog post for the episode. So again, pocketeers.com slash 173 if you guys want to check that out. Man, uh, it's that truly amazing. Creepy. If you guys especially are into CG and just what goes into putting these types of things together, definitely check out the video. There's an entire article that I will also link to that the guys at Framestore put together. So uh, check it out. Let me know what you guys think. And uh, go build your own rocket because that was just fantastic. Whew. Yeah. I know, right? It's going to haunt you. Uh, Watch. I can't unsee it. Uh-huh. How are them sure. beef cheeks now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a couple other Guardians things, since we're talking about it. Uh-huh. You know, for a couple of years now, they've been teasing that the Guardians are coming to Epcot. Yeah. And there's a whole discussion as to why that's not a good fit. They don't really belong in Epcot. It's supposed to be the future. But Guardians... The reason people argue that it's not supposed to be there is because it's taking place in present day, technically. Mm-hmm. Right? But there is future world. And that's exactly where it's going to go. I was going to say, that would have fit. Yeah. It's actually fit. going to go in future world. So, right. that argument aside, mm-hmm. at D23, they made some announcements, obviously, that there was going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy ride coming to Epcot in future world, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week we talked about how Epcot just celebrated its 35th anniversary. And at that celebration, uh, it was, I'm not sure if it was intentional or if it was just slipped, that Guardians is getting a roller coaster. So That's it's not crazy. going to be a general attraction, it's just yeah. going to be a roller coaster. What do you guys think? Who here has been to Epcot? Have you been to I Epcot? Have. Okay, yes. I have too, but a long time ago. My impression, first off, is that Epcot doesn't really have any thrill rides. I know that it has Test Track, which yes. is is the same original platform that like Radiator Springs Racers is based on, uh-huh. right? Which is I would call a moderate thrill at best, right? And the idea of instilling a roller coaster type ride into Epcot would seem to indicate a direction that they want to move toward, which is getting a little more energy into that park, you know, because that's the one that everybody says is dated. Especially in Future World, a lot of those things are just slow movers, informational yeah. type rides where they're trying to teach you about fuel or or the land and plants or you know history. And 
in some ways that's neat, but in a lot of ways it's not as entertaining as the rest of the world at Disney World. So I think that it's probably an indication of even more changes to come at Epcot. I think right now it kind of stands out almost like a sore thumb, but I think it probably means that more things like that will be coming. Especially, I mean, they already put Frozen in, and Frozen was kind of the first... That's definitely a thrill ride. That was the first step to, like, kind of changing the identity of Epcot, because the the original idea, you know, that Walt had was... I mean, it was abandoned when they opened it in 82. You know, it it was supposed to be an actual functioning community. Yes, you're right. Walt designed it. They abandoned it and made it an amusement park or a theme park. Mm -hmm. And so we don't really have to deal with a lot of what we have to deal with here at Disneyland where it's like, well, this is Walt's park and we don't want to change certain things because Walt touched it and it was his thing. There, it's like, okay, well, there's enough distance. Like, we can re- reimagine this park, you know? We can do, like, kind of what they did with California Adventure. Right? I was They've just going the whole thing and they're mm-hmm. still doing it. And they can but do that with Epcot and I think they can probably make it more exciting, especially for contemporary visitors. You're gonna have the nostalgia people who are like, No, don't change my park. That's always gonna be a segment of the population. But right. I think I think it's time for some changes, you know. I agree, because um I loved I wanna say really did appreciate and I did love Epcot. Um the pavilion is perfect the way it is which is on the other side of the park Uh and then you have future world um i didn't even do a lot of the attractions there i think they just have um spaceship earth all right mission space see they didn't even have that when i was there oh my goodness um they still had kitchen cabaret when i was there Wow. <laughs> Which is like their version of Country Bear Jamboree, but it's like <laughs> a big giant refrigerator door opens and all the food are like animatronic puppets. <laughs> wow. Um, Journey into Imagination that with That stuff Finn of nightmares. Uh, it kind of was. And Ellen's um, Yeah, the energy energy. world of energy was without Ellen when I was there. Ellen wow. wasn't even a star when I was there. <laughs> so, um, again, sorry... For those in Florida, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that whole section of the park really does need an upgrade. Mm-hmm. So, to put gar- uh, Guardians, I mean, it is future. Yeah. So, I think it's a perfect fit. Ish. And uh, we'll just we'll start, you know? I mean, the, a little start. The argument that it's present day is because Avengers and Infinity War is taking place current day and because yeah. the but, guardians are part of infinity war it's technically present but, but it's just if guardians. everything else in future world is really 1982's version right. of the future uh-huh. kind of so, but it's funny because when i was reading what the justification was as far as why disney justifies putting it there their justification is that it's the adventure offered by space travel that's going sure. to uh, allow you to feel like it's futuristic. Right. Which sounds like it should be the tagline for Mission to Space or mission whatever. Mission Space, yeah. Right. yeah. I'm kind of confused as to how, in a roller coaster sense, they're going to bring Guardians. But just the fact that they're bringing that, and I, I liked how you brought up the New Direction and how DCA has been, how it's mm-hmm. grown. Um, it's that's what's gonna happen. I mean, it's just gonna it's just gonna evolve into something different, something yeah. new. I'm excited to see it. You I know? mean, they're yeah. also already doing that with Hollywood Studios. I yes, mean, they're totally 
gutting the whole park basically and making it Toy Story Land, Star Wars Land, and then a couple highlights from what used to be. It's becoming Pixar Studios. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, it's funny you guys bring up California Adventure uh, as the look what they've done to this park, considering that California Adventure was originally going to be Westcott. Right. It's going to be yeah. the West Coast version of Epcot, so it's right. funny that you guys bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the more that I read about it, uh, I'm excited. I've never been to Epcot before. I've never been to Walt Disney World. It's definitely on my bucket list. I need to get over the fear of flying first, mm-hmm. but Just eventually um, I'm working towards sleep. it. Sleep, sleep, sleep. That's all. Yeah, you know Red what? Eye, it's, you that's hard it. with kids though, because you have to be yeah. available for the kids if something happens. How do you so. feel about trains? Uh, I'm for them, especially if they lead right to Hogwarts. Okay, uh, I'm okay. for them. Okay. Well, I there there is a Hogwarts in the general vicinity oh, of Walt yeah. Disney World. I've heard. So. I've heard. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the more that I've read about this Guardians ride, uh, I've seen that what they're gonna do is they're gonna take the existing facade that's there and they're gonna retheme it a little bit. The concept art that of I saw. Which attraction do you have? Know, it's Ellen. Uh, yeah, it's whatever yeah. Ellen's uh, attraction was. Which basically that Universe just means of Energy. They're gonna use the show building. Yeah. Yes. There's no infrastructure there. There isn't. Right. So coaster. what they're going to do is they're going to use the basic show building as a pre-show, kind of mm-hmm. like what you do with Mission Breakout here in the collector's office uh-huh. on a larger scale, mm-hmm. and they're gonna build an entirely new building behind it. Oh. House okay, okay. and indoor coaster. Nice. So what I'm imagining wow. this is going to be is obviously a Guardians of the Galaxy theme, but I'm thinking more along, along the lines of what they did with Tron in Shanghai, where it's so themed. Don't even talk to me about Tron. <laughs> I know my heart <laughs> just like you, you want to let it out. I want this, it. this is I your want time, it here, man. man. Me too. Me too. Like, it's time for the Autopia to go away. It's wasted space. Well, that's not going to happen considering Honda just sponsored it for oh. many a years to come. I don't care. I'm on the same boat, here, and I'm man. sorry. And that's that's the <laughs> land I worked in, and I, I apologize to all my formal formal uh, inno kids who may be listening. But that building's got to go. Auto's got to go. I don't ride Nemo because it's too claustrophobic. I mean, yeah. I would love to see Tron here. Yeah. Oh my god! It's, it needs to happen. I mean, I'm glad that Florida's getting it. I'll get a chance to ride it one day. Right. But. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail your point. No, but, it's, no I'm glad. That, here's the thing. There was a lot of really cool things. When they did Electronica at California Adventure, yeah. did you yeah. ever get a chance to come oh, yeah. see it? Yeah, it was yes. totally cool. Right? And yes. I loved Electronica. Like, seeing the light cycle outside was yeah. super that cool. That was amazing. And even if they just brought back that thing to, um, what is it called? The terrace that they have right yeah, outside. Yeah, Tomorrowland Terrace. Tomorrowland Terrace. I think it would be really popular. Be it would just really reinvigorate I mean, the area. How how off script have they gone when they have a, a Beatles tribute band performing right. in Tomorrowland? Right. Come on. I mean, yeah. I am the world's biggest Beatlemaniac, but that doesn't belong. Yeah. It, you know, it's like we need to we need to get back to like science fiction in Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. and Tron yeah. is like their greatest science fiction property. And yes, I'm still yes. all for converting interventions to the Axiom yes, and using I the People yes, Mover for a yes. bunch of Wallies. Yes. Just have them traveling wallies. around. And damn it, Sam, you still owe me concept art. <laughs> I just remembered oh that. Nice. I miss People Mover. I'm sorry we're just moving off, but I almost cried yeah. when I saw it in Magic Kingdom. I miss yeah. it. It was a huge part of Tomorrowland. Yeah, it, so. it provided some of that 
just kinetic energy of, of the landscape. Uh-huh. There was something moving everywhere. Yes. Everywhere you looked, the looked there was something moving, the yeah. people mover. You had the old rockets up at the top, mm-hmm. which uh, we were talking about that earlier today. Like the fact that they moved the rockets to where they are now, and it's created that horrible bottleneck between that mm-hmm. and Star Tours and Buzz Lightyear. Like, what in the world was the planning, the the foot traffic planning yeah. there? It's it's. There's man. no diamond flow there. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Anyway. Man, we do. What were you even talking about when we got on Tron? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was all something Guardians, probably. It was Guardians. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, the fact that they're opening the roller coaster. So yeah, oh, so that, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. the thing is that they're going to be building an entire building behind the current mm-hmm. uh, structure that housed the Ellen's attraction, right. and uh, they're just going to build it there. So, I mean, if it's anything like the Tron roller coaster at Shanghai I think it has a lot of potential to really bring that energy that you guys were talking about into Epcot because I mean like I said I've never been to Walt Disney World but I mean I see people's vlogs okay I have seen pictures I know what goes on there (laughs) and it doesn't look as exciting as people say that it is it needs to be better and I don't even know what I'm saying, to be quite yeah. honest with you, because until I experience it, I shouldn't have an opinion. <laughs> well, I agree. I think this will give it some some more energy. You know, ironically, it'll no give energy ride some more <laughs> right. energy. But I think it's a clear uh, abandoning of the original intent of those attractions in that area, because every single one of them was to an extent educational, or to give you an experience that educates you on one of the sciences or you know something in that area so i think this being just a themed roller coaster is like oh well it's future right don't look at it you know it's it's kind of clear that they're changing directions and i think that's probably smart because the park stands a chance of dying you know up until the recent reinvigorations that they did animal kingdom the animal kingdom was a dying park it was a park that was losing money that everybody only considered a half-day park. You'd go there, I, I you'd agree. do your couple rides in the morning, and then you'd leave. And now they have this whole reason to go, especially at night, and it keeps people there all day. So that's a, it's a money-making park again. Mm-hmm. And Epcot you know, has the history and the nostalgia that's kept it afloat for a long time. But if it didn't have any of that, if it didn't have history or nostalgia, they just opened that park last year, it never would have succeeded. You I wonder. Know. I wonder if Animal Kingdom would have succeeded if they had gone through with the plans to build Beastly Kingdom versus uh, leaving it the way that it was. I yeah. I remember that episode where you guys talked about that, and yes. the whole time I was like, "Why didn't they I know. do that?" It was it was all a monetary thing, you know. They were yeah. trying to balance building up one park while still restructuring another. Right. And you know what? I didn't even know about that. Really? That history. And I don't know if you remember the picture I sent you of the unicorn oh, yeah, yeah. parking lot. Yeah. And I was like, there's these animals, but why is there a unicorn? Yeah. And now it made sense. The dragon yeah. and the unicorn are there because it was originally planned for mm-hmm. Beastly Kingdom. Man, mm-hmm. that could have been amazing. What if, right? What if? Yes. Now we have the Navi. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing that, man. Oh, Riding down the beautiful. river. I, I mean, absolutely pumped. Once I think they start bringing some of that bioluminescence over to Disneyland and they start incorporating it into some of the rides here, I think it's just going to... I mean, I'm sure that we're going to see it at Galaxy's Edge, right? They're going to bring oh, yeah. some of that technology I would think over. So, yeah. 
uh, but I'm just excited to see what we get that's going to be comparable to that because when right. they first announced Avatar, I thought, who the hell likes Avatar? You know, like, <laughs> I mean, why, you know, okay, cool, hey, James Cameron, we owe you one, here's a park, right? But I don't like Avatar enough to say that I would want to go, and then I saw pictures and video, yeah. and now I'm just blown away by I, it. Right? I've never seen the movie. Really? I, I've never seen it. And wow. It, I'm kind of picky with my movies, but because this was like, everyone's watching, I'm like, eh, okay, alright, it's not my cup of tea. I right. didn't say, I don't, you know, I don't like it or anything, I just haven't had a chance to see it. But Pandora's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That kind of made me want to go see the movie, just to see what it's about. It's you know? fantastic. And they're making four more, so. I heard. You got plenty of chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four more. Alright. I... Well. Loved that movie. I I thought it was fantastic. I own yeah. the extended edition. I I was one of those people that made it one of the best selling movies of all time. I am going to tell you, I am with Melissa, and I've never seen it. Seriously? Yep, never oh, seen it. It's so good. Never seen <laughs> it. I love it. It makes sense to me. You know, it kind of reminds me. People, a lot of people are, you know, questioning. You know, why would Disney do this? Why it's not a Disney property? James Cameron has no involvement with Disney. But I think back to the original Star Tours with George Lucas and, and Indy. There were and Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was before yep. Disney and LucasArts had any real business connection and certainly no ownership was involved there. That right. was just two creative companies, one saying, Hey, we like what you do. We want to if you could create something, we could partner with this. Yeah. And that's right. kind of the same kind of thing, just on a bigger level of a whole land. And of course now we're getting the same with LucasArts with Star Wars Land, Indiana Jones Land better be next, but oh, that would uh, be awesome. there's no space for yeah, that. I know. Yeah. That nice. would be awesome. There's there's no market for that either. And that's really it's me and like four other people. No, I'm up to that. All right. <laughs> Five other people. <laughs> and that's really I think what Eisner wanted to do, right? I think Eisner when he first started to make these deals to bring in Star Tours and Indiana Jones, I think he wanted to do what Bob Iger eventually did and then sure. just buy out these properties and make them part of the Disney umbrella. But I just think that he could never achieve it just because of the way that he ran things. You know, he had a very different style of running the company right. than Bob Iger has had. And so yeah. obviously he had more success. In case you guys are wondering, that weird screeching that you guys hear every so often <laughs> is people walking in and out of the like the dining area at Tangaroa Terrace. Somebody needs to get on just They need to grease those hinges. Yeah, <laughs> grease those hinges or something. <laughs> Whew, that is brutal to listen to. I mean, I know you want to go for authenticity, but seriously? <laughs> it's like scratching on a chalkboard, man. It's every time it happens. Uh, I want to put a sign on that one on the right that says, please use other door. So they, <laughs> I'm willing to bet this one on the left does not creak that bad. Probably. Probably. What were we talking about? I lost my train of thought. Well, we were talking about Avatar. Yes. Before that, we were talking about... Indian. Oh, Indian. Yeah, we went all over the place. Yeah, we went... But it's awesome. You know, I love these types of conversations that just kind of spawn into all these other little branches of comments and thoughts and theories. I love you guys. Aww. I love you guys. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, before we continue... uh, Gavin's wife, Charlie, joined us a little a while ago. Uh, Charlie, hi. Hey, how are you? I'm well. How about you? Doing well. So we hear this is your very first time at Disneyland. It is indeed. It's my <laughs> second day. How are you liking it so far? I feel... I actually, I 
I feel like I'm doing well. For a first time. Yes. Like, I, I feel, I had one tantrum. Okay. It was when we were waiting. <laughs> That's already like four less than I would have. Yeah, it was when we were in line for Haunted Mansion for an okay. hour and a half. And okay. as you know, like there's some shady spots, but then there's some sun spots. Oh yeah. And so I did throw a, a pretty bad tantrum there, and <laughs> Gavin tried to like. When you get her a churro, man, what's wrong with you? Bad. But other <laughs> right. than that, um, you know, our, our timing coincided with our timing was based on an event that we wanted to go to. I'm told by everyone here that it, it is busy. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. super it busy. Because I told, you know, Gavin's gone multiple times, and I told him, I was like, I can't see the magic beyond the crowds. I was expecting immersion, like when I went down Main Street and everything like that. I was expecting to get lost in a different world, but this being my first time, I couldn't get over just the throng of people just everywhere. Uh, and so that that's been a little bit tricky, but once you get on the ride, it's it, it's incredible. I haven't gone to anything even close to Disneyland. I'm not a amusement park person, so it's some extraordinary stuff I've seen. I know, and Disney people are so great because when they find out that it's your first time to visit the park, they're just they're very sweet. Nobody's throwing suggestions. They're actually like, take it easy. Yeah, you're not gonna see everything. Just be calm. Yeah. So yeah, it's, that's <laughs> ironic. That was the one suggestion I was going to give. <laughs> yeah. They, they, I think they can see like the terror in my eyes, and you know the idea. Like once you fork yeah. over that dough for that ticket, you're like, okay, so I'm gonna do all the things yeah. to make up for that yeah. money, and uh, that's just impossible. It is. You got to yeah. nap. You got to hydrate. Yes. You got to sit down. Yes. And I think that's what people don't really understand. That you know the park is so large. And I mean, it's small compared to the other parks, right? But you're not going to be able to do everything. You're not going to be able to see all of the shows. You're not going to try all of the treats. I mean, like you could. I'm doing my best. That's a, <laughs> girl. Within an hour, I had like a Dole Whip and a corn it's dog. the way to do it. <laughs> you yeah. need to have the chicken at the Plaza Inn. We're doing that. We're oh, doing yeah. that. You we already talked about chicken. that. We've we done... made a reservation for the Mickey Waffle. Yeah, That's the way to do yes. it. We've had the beignets. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We're, we're hitting all the That's hot good. spots. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, realistically, you can't really do everything. You you really have to pick and choose the things that you want, especially if you're here only a couple of days. And especially if you're going to be jumping from park to park, doing one park one day, one park the mm-hmm. other day. California Adventure, I think, is more realistically the park that you can do in one day and get more out of it because there's just less to do there. Uh, as far as attractions and as far as the magic, the Disney feeling... Uh, you really have to pick and choose what you do. And honestly, if it's your first time, I would say uh, use the MaxPass, which you guys talked about using. Yep. I read uh, like three blog entries about it, and I was like, we shouldn't have not done it. Yeah, we the MaxPass is great, especially if you don't come as often. You know, we, we were mentioning this before, that when you come as often as we do, MaxPass doesn't make sense because you can just come the weekend after and then write something that you hadn't you know, gotten yeah. Uh, if you are here with a group of friends and you do come as often as we do, maybe you just want to ride together and you just want to get it out of the way because everybody just wants to do specific things. But if you've never come to the park, if you come very infrequently, Max Pass makes total sense. And even then, uh, make it a point to at least do one thing in Fantasyland because obviously Fantasyland is one of those things that has been, for the most part, the entire portion of Fantasyland 
remains fairly similar to to the way that it was when the park mm-hmm. first opened, with the exception of the Musketeers and the you know Chicken in the Sea, you know restaurant and all that stuff. But if there's anything that I can re- recommend that you do in Fantasyland, it's uh, Peter Pan's Flight. Nailed it. We, we got it. We got it. It was awesome. funny because we were we were walking. It was toward the end of the day, and uh, I, can I just want to say how funny it is. Like, to be... I love Disney movies, especially the ones that are musicals. I know hardly anything about Disneyland, except for, you know, osmosis, what Gavin has said, and I actually happen to retain. Um, and, like, I'm with, like, top-tier Disneyland knowledgeable people. And so, like, it, like seven of the words you said, I'm just like, that's, that's probably on a map. I could probably figure that out. Because I've asked him before, I'm like, are, are we in Disneyland? Are we in California? Well, where are we? Are we outside the park? Okay, whatever. <laughs> and so that part's very confusing as well. But uh, They have we'll, made it with security and everything. They have made it, like, once you get in, it's it's like you're kind of in one big park now. Like, downtown Disney. Kind of. I mean... Well, and I'm the, traveling with somebody who, you know, Gavin's gone so many times right. by himself. And I feel like as, like, a solo Disneyland person... You get your own rhythm, you know. You know how to like, yes. You know, shoulder people out of the way, and how to get to the fast pass, which ride to go, and what time to go, and all that stuff. And so he's having to like reacclimate to like having somebody with him that's also like needs to sit down and like cool <laughs> off and that sort of thing. But yeah, we were going by the Peter Pan thing, and Calvin was like, "Oh no, we've got to go on this. It's like thirty minutes." And I was just yes. like, "Oh, yeah. is that?" You- just the visuals were really extraordinary and you know because of the long lines that we've had it's you know you wait an hour for two two minute three minute ride yeah. for a newbie that's like this is not balancing yeah. out right. so hot um, but that one was pretty incredible, and by then it had cooled off. And... Yeah. Well, good. Since you've done that one, then the only other one that I can suggest that you do that I feel is worth it is Alice in Wonderland. Agreed. Yes. That's whatever, and even though we yes. had some weird That's commentary. where we were headed when I saw Peter Pan. Good choice. Uh, Very it good. Was, it was 1130, so when we got off, it was midnight and the park was closed. Good choice. So, but we'll, well hit Alice. And then when we'll we were leaving, Alice. the people in front of us waiting for the trolley people I don't know any of the, the vernacular the tram to the tram. garage um, they were like they were talking about two things one he was like what's that really trippy ride that we went on I, it was something this and she was like oh that was Alice in Wonderland and then she was like and Toad's Wild the Mr. Toad's Wild Mr. she was like I forgot three. she was yes. like I forgot the ending that's so that's so weird and like I'm in the back like What's going on with these two rides? Why are you all so freaked <laughs> You'll see. out? You'll see tomorrow. I know. Maybe. I'm like, I don't know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, that was the third one that I would have recommended. Yeah. So uh, we'll hit I all mean, those. The, the thing is that like Pinocchio, Snow White, like these these other attractions, they're great. I mean, you get the common the idea about what happened in the film, but there's so much more to Alice. There's yes. so much more to Peter Pan's mm-hmm. flight, especially because it's suspended. You know, it's not just a little cart. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, uh, it's, it's a mini roller coaster, basically. You know, it's a okay. child's version of a roller coaster. It doesn't go super fast, but there are some really, you know, jolting areas while you're, while you're riding it that just make you feel like you went down the rabbit hole. 
Yes. And with the new projections. And the, the way that they take you through that ride. It feels longer by it far does. than any Yes, of and there's so much more to see. Yeah. So And it's just as long. Yeah. That's the uh-huh. crazy thing. Yeah. I think that the the amount of rooms that you travel through is probably about the same, but the fact that you wind back and forth, that yeah. track is so windy, it just takes a lot longer, it seems yeah. like. And yeah. That's my favorite dark ride. That's um, my favorite one. Question: Has she been on any of the main? Have you been on the Main Street vehicles? I got to see the oh, not the vehicles. No. no, I Dapper Dan's was like top of my list. Like oh, all yes. day, I just sat on a bench and ate a corn dog and listened to them. Perfect. And at the Halloween party, you'll get to see the yep. Dapper Dan's. Very excited. Yes. Gavin recorded a bit for me one year when he went, and yep. I. How are they not standing next to a basket full of their CDs? That's so irritating to me yeah. that I can't buy a dapper. I don't care who, what the lineup is because yeah. they're all extraordinarily good. I want a dapper Dan CD, and it's completely lame that they'll sell me anything but that. Yeah. Like, I, I believe no that answers. there should be one. Yeah, no I wish I had a better answer for yeah. you than. Uh. Disney <laughs> fans have been saying it forever. We yeah. just we, we apparently don't have any power. It's a, it's Unless they listen to Podcateers, then you know. Please. Who doesn't? Some yeah. of us buy copies. <laughs> I, I actually have a question for you guys. Yes. Sure. What, when I was listening to you guys talk, um, unless it's you know going to be bare bones knowledge, but the more that like Marvel and Lucas or Star Wars like go into Disneyland or Disney World, maybe like as true blue Disneyland fans. Like, is there a part of you that, like, is saddened by that? Or are you just, like, more the merrier? I like... The latter, yeah, I think. more. I think because all of us are of an age where pretty much our whole Disney Park experience has already included LucasArts. Because yeah. Star right. Tours opened in 86. So we've grown up with other entities being in the parks. You know, the Muppets have been around for a long yes. time. Indiana Jones has been around since 89. So we've had these outside properties come in and be involved. I mean, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror was since 2001. Yeah. I right? want to so, say Indy was 95. Was it that late? I want to say 95. I'm thinking Splash Mountain. 40. Yeah, you're right. I think it was... Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but anyway, these have been around for decades. You know, we've enjoyed other properties for a long time. So the idea that more of that is coming in, it's kind of the natural progression. They don't, they don't produce enough viable properties if everything is property based they don't produce enough viable properties just within the Walt Disney Studios sorry to uh, to actually keep up so the fact that they've got other things that they can leverage I think is smart now the one thing that I don't want them to stop doing which in a lot of ways they kind of have is just creating new fun attractions you know like when they created Big Thunder Mountain or Space Mountain, or Matterhorn. Yeah. Like, these the are not Disney... Movie. We did the Bugs Life... Uh, it's not a movie, but... It's stuff to be a bug. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, was incredible. <laughs> yeah. No, it's awesome. <laughs> I absolutely adored it. Yeah, that, I got that's such a, a thrill. Your face is I, right now. <laughs> I, I get terrified because I don't like the spiders. It's creepy. And all I, the I, bugs... I, like I'm, I'm kidding, by the way. It's super fun. <laughs> it's when cute, they did but... When they used to do uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience in Tomorrowland, yeah. it was a very similar experience. Uh-huh. So I'm glad that they kept a little bit of that, even if it is yeah. a California adventure. Uh, I totally agree with you as far as the properties thing, but I think it also has to do with a lot of uh, 
as we grew up, the people that were reading the comics and that were into Star Wars mm-hmm. also became Imagineers. You know, right. they grew up right. with the basis of these other properties mm-hmm. and loved them so much that they're able to incorporate them into this Disney experience. And right. that's why I think some of the properties that have made it into the park have been so seamless in some ways. Obviously, people still argue that Mission Breakout is not in the best place that it could have been, but where else are you going to put it? Right? But the fact that the the people working at Marvel are hardcore Marvel fans, you know that they put everything that they could into creating that attraction. Mm-hmm. The people that are creating Galaxy's Edge, I can guarantee you they were hardcore Star Wars fans before they were either Disney fans or in conjunction with their Disney fandom growing up, which yeah. is why when they produce something like that, it's just going to be this amazing experience that's going to floor you as soon as you walk right. in. Right. I know, agree so with that. I think that has a lot to do with it yeah. as well. The, the point I had started to make, which I just want to make sure I get in, is I do hope that they don't abandon that idea of making original attractions oh, that aren't property-based. You know, I mean, my favorite attraction is Pirates of the Caribbean, which has a property based on it but it wasn't based on anything except for this idea of doing a pirate attraction you know and i and i hope that they still continue to create things like that it seems like it's been a long time since they've really done anything like it i guess some of the stuff in california adventure would be the most recent at least here on this coast you know probably won't happen at disneyland though that's the problem probably not because of the space issues that they have here it's easier for them to retheme something and use uh something that's ip based versus creating something completely brand new because it's just a space issue whether they do that at epcot or whether they do that at walt disney world Obviously, Shanghai is probably the best place to do it right now mm-hmm. because they've already started expansion, you know, over the next couple of decades for Shanghai. Right. But that's probably going to be your best bet because they, even if they expand towards the back of California Adventure and they start getting rid of some more. Uh, of the remaining parking and backstage areas, yeah, they still don't have a lot of space to work with. So. That's really going to be the bottleneck here, at least in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unless, that's true. Unless they do something with Tomorrowland. Yeah. yeah, I feel like a lot of that could be raised, to be yeah. quite frank, and just started from scratch. I mean, the, the Innoventions building is ill-used at best in, in most cases, and... I mean, you got huge areas above Star Trader, which are just not used for anything. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like the submarines and the Autopia are just so massive and not worth the amount of space that they take up. You know, I think that, I agree. I think that whole land could be overhauled and we could get some new, exciting interesting things mm-hmm. and hopefully it wouldn't have to all be based on you know licensed properties or right. things that they have they could just imagine and imagineer and do what they do best 
That's yeah. what I'd like to see. And it's not just those two areas. They still have the entire areas where the boats used to be. Yeah. That's right. Right next to It's a Small World. So that's Actually, an entire that, that other attraction next to Fantasia Gardens. That's where I'm planning to put in my new Pinocchio attraction, which Got I'm it. planning. So. Oh, the lines are going to be so short for that. No, shut your face. <laughs> They're going to be around Small World. They're going to be so long. You heard it here first. <laughs> shut your face. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> All right, guys. I Can I think... ask you guys one more question? Sure. sure. You said, you said Iago, they put it, did they put him in the tiki? Yeah. Thing? Yeah. It, it didn't work out? Yeah, no. No, no. They, they asked for a few voice, years. It was kind of horrible. It was called, like, the Enchanted Tiki Room, and then it had a sign that said, yeah. under new management. Yeah. And, <laughs> and they brought Iago in, and Gilbert Godfrey. with the other birds. Yeah, no, so. if you search for it on YouTube, okay. you will actually see how horrific it was. Yeah. I'm it was kind of a nightmare. to do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was kind of a because nightmare. I loved, I loved your review of... Uh, the Guardians, uh, what, Tower of Terror, was that what it was? Sure. Oh. We'll go Mission Breakout. <laughs> <laughs> Monsters After Dark. It was called the Tower of Terror. Yes, yeah. and then it changed to... Mission Breakout. Mission Breakout. Uh-huh. That was a fantastic review because <laughs> Such a I, I just read a lot about like people's anger and sadness <laughs> before it, the change happened. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, we didn't care. Yeah, it, it was really like... <laughs> really ill at ease about this change and so like it's neat to see that everyone's really enjoying it yeah and that makes me want to like research changes that they have made that didn't work out oh there's oh, tons there's yeah. there? you know what yeah. we should actually dedicate an episode yeah. to doing some of the rides that, that failed and i mean really <laughs> rocket yeah. rods <laughs> rocket rods would be yeah. one of them definitely <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Wow. I don't even need any context. That was great. <laughs> if you guys know, if you've seen a video of the Rocket Rods or Road the Rocket Rods, oh, you know man. exactly what I'm talking I've about. I've only now. seen video. They were never here when I came. Yeah. So It's it's fantastically <laughs> three-hour wait. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that episode, man. Yeah. I hope that it comes. I think that's going to have to be a thing. Sweet. Yeah, sweet. We'll, we'll put that on the list of episodes. All right, guys. I think that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Awesome. So, All right. Before we close up, again, I just want to say thank you to both of you because, uh, you know, with with all the shifting that's been going around, waiting for Mario, you know, to finish doing his thing, and, you know, with Javier not being able to record, you know, taking care of some family stuff, I really appreciate you guys stepping up and just taking the co-hosting reins and helping me out today. Uh, it, it really does make me feel that Podcateers has expanded really again to what i would have always wanted the podcast to be not just three guys who are the podcateers it is podcateers it is a family the podcateers family and then we have like team podcateers which you know revolves and helps us co-host so thank you guys i feel absolutely loved and i feel very very fortunate to have friends like you guys friends like uh, aj and vj friends like sam friends like skylar who have just stepped up and just absolutely helped me out with this. So thank you guys. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having us. Before we close up, Melissa, tell people where they can find you, what all your handles are, all what right. you do on Etsy and everything. Woo. All right. Well, you can find me on Instagram. I'm um, My personal is Cartoon Disney Doll or um, The Odd Mouse Shop. And you can also find me on Etsy as well, um, The Odd Mouse Shop. And on Facebook, same handle, and I'm also on Twitter. Um, 
yeah, go ahead and say hi. I'm usually at the parks, and that's where you can find me. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Gavin? All right. Well, pretty much everywhere I am Gavin Audison Art. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and my website, GavinAudisonArt.com. Um, currently, I am participating in Inktober, and I'm sure everybody knows what Inktober is. Yeah. For those um, that don't, why don't you give a brief explanation okay, about what Inktober it is. Okay, Inktober is an event that happens every October, and it was started by Jake Parker two or three years ago. And it's basically a challenge of drawing 31 different ink drawings in the month of October, one per day, uh, using nothing but inks. Um, and so... There's an official list that comes out of prompts. You can use it, you cannot use it, whatever. It's just a fun little challenge, a creative exercise that many artists on social media participate in, and it's a fun, fun event because you can see lots of different art styles, and everybody gets real Halloweeny. And it's really know, inspirational it's awesome. too. Oh yeah, it's a it's a big creative driver for me, so I enjoy it. Uh, but I just did want to announce that every Inktober drawing that I'm doing this year uh, will be for sale for the low, low price of $10. And for everyone sold, um, the entire $10 plus $10 that I'm matching is going to help Puerto Rico. So That is awesome. Um, awesome. Chance to get some creepy, fun art and to help our brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico who are struggling and who... You know, there's a big influx when something happens, but down the road, you know, they continue yeah. to need funding and support. So I just want to kind of keep that ball rolling. So that's what that's for. So. Thank you. That's awesome. Yep. And why don't you tell everybody about Animation Station as well? Sure. Uh, for those of you that may not know, I am also a co-host of my own podcast called the Animation Station Podcast. Um, that is a weekly podcast where... Um, my co-host Josh Kane and Corey Seals and I, uh, basically we just geek out about animation. We review at least one film every episode, and then we do fun things like we rank our top five animated movies of this type, and we rank our top five Disney princesses and whatnot, and we just have a lot of fun. We interview a lot of guests, we have voice actors and um, animation people on our show from time to time, and... Uh, yeah, it's a good time. You can subscribe to us at Animation Station Podcast on Stitcher and iTunes. Awesome. You guys are doing a great job, by the way. Thanks, man. You guys we're, are really growing a lot yeah. in, in the last year, so I'm really proud of you guys. Just little baby steps. It uh, truly is. Incremental me, little baby steps. Three years at this, and I'm still doing baby steps. Yeah, it's it's a it's an <laughs> interesting process, but we look up to podcasts like you guys because you guys are you know a year and a half or so ahead of us. And you're so. doing the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> that no, is the way to fail. It's awesome though because you guys are an inspiration to us, and and you guys have been supportive of us. And well, we, thank you. We appreciate it. Well, I, I like what you guys do. Oh, I like listening to you guys uh, and the topics that you guys do. Aside from that, if you guys follow them on Instagram. Instagram. They're always going to tell you what they're going to talk about the week after. So they give you homework. We don't give you homework because we <laughs> like you guys. But they give you homework. So yeah, but it's I mean, the fun kind of homework. It's, we tell you what movie to watch. That's true. That's it is kind of homework. fun homework. So maybe you should rename that because you know I hear homework. I'm like really homework. So think about renaming all right, all right. that. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> All right, guys, so before we close up the podcast, I just want to remind you guys that Podcateers is brought to you by listeners just like you guys. 
We like to call those listeners our fairy godparents, like Melissa. FGP. FGP. <laughs> For as little as $1 a month, you can become a fairy godparent of our podcast just by going to patreon.com slash podcasters or by going to podcasters.com and clicking on the Patreon logo. If you sign up for at least $5 a month, you will also get the Fairy Godparent button. So if you guys sign up, shoot us a message, and I will take care of sending that for you. So to all of our Fairy Godparents, we just want to send a huge thank you for all of your added support. Uh, another great way to help us out is if you shop on Amazon. Amazon! Yeah! <laughs> Go to podcasters.com slash Amazon before your next purchase. Doing that will take you over to Amazon using Amazon. our special link, and that is Amazon's way Amazon. of giving us a small kickback by saying thank you because <laughs> you like our podcast and you want us to make, I don't know, three or four cents off your next purchase. <laughs> so to everybody that's already using our link, thank you guys so very much for the added support. Uh, also, I want to remind you guys that our next Team Boat Willie event is happening in November. We are raising money to fight women's cancers for the Walk for Hope. It is a City of Hope event. Uh, I'm going to be getting a few items from some friends like Gavin and Melissa, and we're going to be auctioning them off to raise money in support of that. If you go over to TeamBoatWilly.com or Pocketeers.com and go to the Team Boat Willie page, you will see the link that you need to do one of three things. You can either sign up and become a part of the team and you can help us fundraise. You can become what's called a virtual walker and you don't have to physically be there, but you can help fundraise and you can just virtually walk. And I guess that means you can think about that you're walking. It won't count for Fitbit steps, but you know what? You help make a difference. Yep. The other thing you can do is just donate. Uh, that's the other way that you can help us out. Actually, there's a fourth way that I didn't think about. Help us spread the word. Share the link. Nice. Share it with your friends. Tell other people about it. You guys may not think so, but it does make a difference when you guys help spread the word. So to everybody that already knows about the team that is helping us spread that, uh, thank you guys. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, and that's it. I don't think I have anything else other than if you guys want to follow us, we are Podcateers on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. This week, uh, I put up the Frightfully Fun Parade, so you guys will be able to check that out. If you guys liked the video, there was a couple of fun facts in there that I hope you guys enjoy. Make sure that you guys leave a comment, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, or as some people on YouTube say, SMASH THAT LIKE BUTTON! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I need to start asking for it that way, but you know, smash that like button. <laughs> so, alright, that is it, guys. So, it's been great. Thank you guys again. Thank you. Until next week, here is to Beers, Cheers, and Mickey Ears. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Oh, I gotta add how we're to infinity. Team Marvel. <laughs> <laughs>